0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. I want to welcome everyone to the Friday show, a video edition of the WKYC Cleveland podcast. We're going to talk about the game today. We're going to talk about Shane Bieber, the perception is, you know, that he's maybe not being as dominant as a year ago. We'll get into that. We're going to talk about the Tampa series. We're going to talk about Eli Morgan, who's like, likely to make his debut the same day you're listening to this. I only say likely because we'll see how weather holds up. Let's just dive into this game today. So I was watching this as I was on my lunch break at work. And then, you know, it's the fifth inning. It's the sixth inning and no hitter is going. I've got it in the corner of my phone uh, that just, you know, this is it's off to the side. I'm not paying attention to it. It's there, though, just so I can see if the no hitter is still occurring. Uh, It gets broken up in the seventh. And I was almost kind of thankful at that point because I'm like, I'm going to have to stop watching. I'm completely done with lunch. I'm out of time. I have to go teach. And I know you're saying out there, wait, you were watching. I would watch in the fifth. So at my lunch, I watched it in the fifth and sixth. Uh, And then I had to, like I said, put it in the corner and kind of go teach a lesson, come back, just see where it's at. And it was just kind of a check-in. It was a little bit distracting. Can't lie about that but it's a no-hitter, and there has not been a Cleveland Indians no-hitter in my lifetime, and I turned 40 this year. Uh, It's one of those things. I mean, the Tigers are the team to do it against, right, too? That is the likely team. Shane Bieber, side note today. Uh, Well, let's talk about the line, then we'll go into the side note. Seven innings, one hit, one run, four walks, 12 strikeouts. That one hit was a home run to Swoop, who I feel like had another hit in a potential Indians no-hitter against the Tigers. Wasn't that the first hit against McKenzie when he was dealing uh, he is the guy for them this year uh, overall. You go look at the box. I mean, it's funny. He's not the guy for them, but he is against the Indians in these matchups because he's seeing 226 of the 596 OPS, but hits the Indians well. Uh, I've been really big on Grossman, who struggled in this one. Bieber with this game. So he was entering the day tied with Tyler Glass now with 98 strikeouts. Uh, Glass now had 11 starts to his 10. This was his 11th start. He breaks 100 strikeouts first pitcher with hundred strikeouts on the year. That's in 11 starts. So think about that. We get to 22 starts around 200 strikeouts. Uh, if you were to get to 33 or looking over 300 strikeouts for him, it could be quite a year uh, in terms of strikeouts. I was just digging into it. I mean, before the day began, he was at a 13.6 was a strikeout per nine rate. It's that's phenomenal. And that's with the last two games, bringing that down where after that long stretch of strikeouts, setting a record for most games with eight or more strikeouts in a row he had two off games. now in general before I get into the three stars of this one we talk a little bit more about the game the ups the downs of it I wanted to go over to baseball savant and it is interesting to look at Shane Bieber's data on here. One thing that is consistent between this year and last year is he gets hit hard I think that is Shane Bieber when he may, when hitters make contact. He has been. He was in, you know, the blue area as we call it. That means he's in the lower thirtieth percentile, uh, sometimes lower twentieth percentile amongst all pitchers. Uh, guys are barreling up on him this year. Now, the the thing that has stayed consistent is K percentage, whiff percentage, and chase rate. He's never been a spin monster. That was something else interesting. Like his fastball spin was better a year ago. Uh, he's not a big velocity guy. It's almost you look at that data and you're like. Fastball velocity is exact uh, six percentile lower this year. Spin is uh, like 14% lower. So he's not spinning. The velocity isn't there, but even at peak when he was as good as he was a year ago, still 79th percentile, which is good, not great. And velocity is 47th at the 30th percentile low end curve spin. So he does a lot with not anything that appears overpowering. Now, last year, uh, guys weren't barreling as well. They were not making as great of contact, even though he was actually, when you look at some of those stats getting hit harder last year than he is this year, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that the data shows he's not as good as he has been. Cause I, you, you look at his data and it's more that it's surprising that he is as good as he is. Uh, it is clear though, that like the separator for him is he misses bats and whatever he is doing, even if it's not necessarily velocity, not necessarily spin, hitters have a hard time picking it up. When they do pick it up, they hit it hard. But they're really having a hard time uh, picking up his pitches. I mean, that's just what it gets down to. He is effectively keeping them off balance. And uh, like I said, it's very interesting to go look at that data and just you kind of expect him to be at the high end of everything, and he's not. But going back to the game, though. When we're going through this one now, I think if you were like me and watching around the fifth, uh, I think that was the inning where, you know, the no hitter is going, the Indians don't have anything across and boy, did they get mad at Bradley Zimmer on the broadcast. And again, I was watching on my phone. I did not have the biggest screen. I have a hard time, but it seemed like when the base runner advanced to third, that Zimmer should have taken second. Yeah, that was what they were harping on. Uh, on the broadcast, and I can't really fault that point of view or that thought process uh, because they threw to third. The Badu went to third instead of keeping uh, tabs on Zimmer, and Zimmer's fast. Zimmer has great foot speed. He's one of the fastest players just in general on the Indians, even once he's been called up. So you have this game where I feel like this is not correct here. No, yeah, this is it you get the fly out hedges advances and then uh but zimmer does not they throw to third too promptly owen miller comes up hits in the double play and everything they just kind of yelled about on the tv uh gets more exasperated in that moment it was almost comical that with his uh big of a point as they made on it then owen miller immediately hits into that double play but it's okay you know it was like i said it was almost humorous to watch it because you come around in the sixth, you get Eddie Rosario hits a home run. Uh, they string together some hits. That is Eddie Rosario. It's hard to believe it's only his fourth of the year uh, in this one, but they get three on the board there. They give up, you know, they give up one in the seventh. They come back and get one in the ninth. Detroit gets one in the ninth, but Indians win five, two. Detroit gets three, run, two runs on just three hits, one error. They do manage six walks in this one in terms of uh, hit by pitch and the like wild pitches, none. So Detroit essentially had eight base runners and managed to get sorry, nine base runners and got two runs across. The Indians had eight hits, five walks, two hit batters. Uh, hopefully Harold Ramirez is fine. It did not look great if you're watching the game and his handshake after he got hit. But the Indians had the eight hits, the two hit batters, the five walks. That's 15 guys right there that managed to reach base. Uh, plus the error, which I'd have to, I don't remember exactly what it was, if it ended up being an advancement error or what it was. But they had a significant amount of guys reach base in this one who reached base twice. That's, you know, my bread and butter. I talk about, well, Harold Ramirez, Eddie Rosario. It's hard to believe in a game like this, uh, Zimmer, if you count the hit by pitch also gets up there, you would think they'd have more, but those are the guys that's who reached base twice in this one a lot of offers across the board. It, you know, we talked about how well Josh Naylor and Cesar Hernandez and Ahmad Rosari med Rosari, I'm sorry, had been playing. Uh, Ahmed is not hundred percent healthy. Neither is loop low. That's why Zimmer got the call up. But after those players all kind of were starting to play better, now they've all cooled off a little bit more and they're kind of sinking back below that average line that they were all approaching uh, in terms of production. So was, I mean, the heart of the lineup, uh, I'm sorry, Jose Ramirez also reached base twice. I think I left that off. So you had Jose, Harold and Eddie, uh, along with Bradley Zimmer. I, it's kind of crazy to look at this lineup though. And the, I know one person out there left me a five star review and talked about how they love my scouting reports and hate me talking about lineups. I'm sorry. Uh, both as much as Chang struggles to put him sixth in the lineup. Uh, I don't necessarily get that, and it's not like you're giving him protection by having Naylor hit behind him, because uh, the only person who would provide the quote-unquote mythical protection that doesn't really seem to exist when you dive into numbers would be Jose Ramirez. And, yeah, it hasn't really helped anyone who's hitting two throughout the course of this season. Stars of this game, Bieber. I I mean, that's kind of begins and ends there. Uh, I think you then go with Eddie Rosario with the home run, and I would lean towards... Let's see. Total bases. It's like you got both Ramirez's going up there, but you got to go with Harold, who had two hits. Both had the double, but Harold also had a walk in this one. So those are your three stars. I I know at some point I'm going to have to eat some crow about Harold Ramirez if he continues to play the way he has, just because I thought, you know, he was a bit overblown. I remember seeing him when he was a Toronto Blue Jays prospect. I think he went Blue Jays, Pirates to Marlins. No, I'm sorry. He went pirates to, to Marlins, to Indians. That's how it worked. So I saw him as a pirates prospect. And there's an interesting case to be made for him because he was a, a sing, you know, mostly viewed as a fast guy, singles hitter, uh, had a shoulder issue, couldn't throw the ball at all, had to move to first base for a bit, uh, really good exit velocity, but nothing really came of it. And there's some interesting data about max exit velocity. Uh, in terms of that being more important than the average exit velocity for determining things, uh, I remember just a year ago, I was thinking about this. I got into it on Twitter and got into it, like, had a mild discussion, <laughs> but someone telling me that it was uh, ridiculous that I was talking about a high school player's exit velocity and no one pays attention to that. I'd be really curious to reconnect with that person now and be like, do you still stand by that? Do you still see uh, everyone talking about exit velocities everywhere? How this is part of the game now and something you need to know? Uh, it, it was one of those things I was just thinking about. I was writing up uh, a Joshua Baez profile, potential Indians uh, draft target. I feel like every other mock I looked at today as apparently everyone was producing mocks, had him going to the Indians. I did a mock on my Twitter, which you can find at Jeff MLB draft, a lunchtime mock, as I called it. Uh, I did not have Baez. I had Chase Petty to the Indians is another name to know, but we're going to take a quick commercial break here. And when we come back, we will Talk about Eli Morgan, talk about the guy who will make a major league debut uh, just this week. Very interesting player, a player that I have uh, kind of a humorous story about. Our sponsor is Lucy.co, brand new, sponsor to the show this week. Lucy Nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't stink. Research and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors, wintergreen, cinnamon, and pomegranate. They also have lozenges with four milligrams of nicotine that come in three flavors, cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Lucy lozenges and gums are FSA and HSA eligible, so you can use your FSA card to purchase Lucy now. It's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, or even in the gym. It's 2021. Get rid of your cigarettes. Unplug your vape. Throw out your dip and get Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is a real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple you don't even have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Locked on MOB listeners, go to Lucy.co and use the promo code MOB to get 20% off all products on your first order, including those gums and or lozenges. That's Lucy.co. Use the promo code Locked On. MLB a checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer warning: this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Remember to check out Lucy.co and be sure to use the promo code Locked On MLB. So let's talk Eli Morgan. So the humorous story I can't quite dig out the the tweet now is. When he was drafted, it was well back in 2017. Uh, it was, I think that's when tw- I was at 24 seven, I think it was after the scout buyout. Uh, I remember my final year at scout was the Jay Groom draft. So I could probably very quickly see when Jay Groom, get, because the reason I remember that is at scout, they were kind of a little bit ahead of the game at the time they had us doing a like uh, a video like this where I would talk to someone in a studio and I remember distinctly talking about Jay Groom. That's was 2016 was the Jay Groom draft. So, yes, this was the next year. And I was doing an uh, intermittent podcast with my good buddy, uh, Taylor Blake Ward, who I had a nice phone call today talking draft stuff. Uh, we were doing a podcast at the time. And I said, you know, Morgan is the Indian's guy to a tee. He's sub six feet. He has developed secondaries. He has really good control data. Uh, he's, you know, the Indians are going to draft him. And it was right after Taylor was talking about why he really liked Eli Morgan. And we're sitting around during the draft. I'm covering it. The eighth round starts. And I send a tweet to, I think the tribe insider account, uh, just because they were announcing all the picks I and mean, be like, Hey, isn't this about the time for uh, you guys to announce Eli Morgan's going to get drafted? Promptly that very round. It's not like I had any inside information. It was just like, Hey, it's about time. They draft Eli Morgan. And then to which I replied to the Drive Insider account, like, thanks for making me look smart. And they responded, I, you know, I don't want to put words in their mouth, but something about just me knowing what I was doing, uh, being well versed in this. And that has always made Morgan a guy who has stood out for me because it was just to, to call right before the round happens and to get that pick right. Uh, it doesn't always happen. Last year, for instance, I thought Trent Denholm was like the next guy in that evolution who would be a slam dunk guy. Uh, Instead, they took Mason Hickman, who's like a bigger version of Denholm in some regards. But that's for another day. So what did Eli Morgan do at Gonzaga that made him jump off the charts to me? How about a 12.34 strikeouts per nine with a walk rate of 2.77, hit rate of right around seven, back-to-back years of over 100 innings where he was one of the top performers in the uh, WCC conference and i said the minute he gets drafted this is a guy who's going to tear up the lower minors and that's what he did you can go and look at you know 2018 data where he we won't start with the lake county you just go to lynchburg that year 19 games started 3.91 era strikeouts for 9 were only about 9 walk rate was 2.36 home run rate was up a little and that's something we've seen his home run rate in akron which is a very pitcher friendly park that is a place that when you have guys hitting the ball out of it, you know they have legitimate power. Uh, it is a major league built park in terms of dimensions and power production. So that also stood out, but it is interesting that like the next year in 2019, he starts in Lynchburg is just dominant. Walk rate of one three four, strikeout rate of 6 six nine. Comes up to Akron, as I mentioned, the home run rate goes over one, but nine point one eight strikeout per nine, two point nine one walk per nine. And that's what he does. He's a student of the game, plus command, plus control, hits his spot, maybe the best changeup in the Indians, anyone on the Indians, anywhere. You know, it's uh, routinely given a 70 grade. Now, 80 is considered like peak. Uh, It's one of those things for a long time. I was told like no one has 80 grade things. And then you start to see more and more. And, you know, it's hard to really gauge, but, you know, an 80 grade pitch should be Maybe two or three of those in the entire league. The fact that people feel so comfortable putting a 70 on his change says a lot. And, you know, I talked about online recently how changeup pitchers are really interesting because I spent some time because I feel like every year where I've been like, okay, this guy has the best changeup in the draft. He's got like a mediocre fastball, but he's got the best changeup. That player has not ended up being successful. And I was trying to track what's going on here because every time. Uh, that's how, like Eli Morgan has a chance to be the guy who breaks that trend. I'm going to watch him because you know then I start diving into who has the best changeups in baseball, and it's almost routinely someone who's got a plus or a plus plus, you know, 60, 70 grade fastball. Eli Morgan has a 40, 45 grade fastball. He every other pitch is a 45 or 50. Then he's got the 70 change. Can he be effective with that fastball? And Maybe he can be uh, because the interesting thing is there's not a huge separation uh, between the fastball and changeup velocity, and that might throw people off. He's successfully gone through the minors with these pitches. I'm curious to see what he can do. He is a non traditional starter. He is 5'10 listed, but he, I mean, I just, there are points where I thought maybe he was closer to 5'9, 5'8, 5'10, solidly built guy though. Uh, you look at him strongly built. Everything else says, like I said, the size, the velocity. He, this guy shouldn't be where he is, but he continues to find success. And you just have to like a pitcher who's beat the odds at every step. Uh, to prove himself and really had a, uh, had hit a hurdle yet. Unless you want to count the one start in Columbus. Uh, in 2019, this year, so far in Columbus, three starts, only 13 innings. You know, it's hard to get a whole bunch of data. In those 13 innings, he allowed 13 hits and six runs for a 3.95 ERA. 13 strikeouts, though, in 13 innings. Uh, eight walks, is little that is high for him, considering, you know, his typical rate uh, throughout the minors. When I, you look at his totals, you know, he's got a strikeout rate over 10, a walk rate barely over 2. I am interested. He's been a guy that I've been higher than (laughs) it might be surprised with what I've been stating here in terms of like the negatives on him. I've been higher than the field on Eli Morgan pretty much from the moment he was drafted. I thought that if they wanted to, they could fast track him because of the changeup and pardon me for a moment. Uh, You know, his stuff hasn't changed. I'm sure he's gotten, he's gotten better at spotting it, throwing it. He was a, pretty solidly built kid. His velocity numbers are very similar. I'm sure there's been some minor adjustments throughout his time in the minors, but I thought like just put him in the pen, fast track him fastball change. Don't worry about a third pitch. Uh, They've kept him as a starter. He's been effective and I've always had him kind of in the like 10 to 15 range of draft rankings. A lot of places have more like 20 to 30. I thought he was a no doubt 40 man ad. There were others who thought, no, you know, do you put him on there without the velocity and at his size? The Indians agreed with me. They added him high level production. I I'm, I want to see him pitch. I'm looking forward to his start uh, quite a bit. I think he's a really interesting pitcher in this system. And again, he, for me personally, he's a change up test case. As I'm sitting there writing about Jordan Wicks from Kansas state, uh, you know, it's just, he's the guy this year who made me go, let's, let's dive into this data. Let's dive into like Tim Kate, who was at UConn, who did get hurt and some other players. Uh, like that. Sorry, I just had a moment. There was like a pitcher very close in age to Tim Kate, who was the the other guy at the time. And I'm like, oh, who is the other pitcher? There was Kate and someone else that I always tied together. I'm going to have to look that up when the show is done. But th- there's been other players and it's it's typically a lefty uh, with the change. Now Morgan is a righty, but it is kind of the soft tossing lefty profile that he presents at his size and with his velocity. So again, we'll see. I mean, the changeup is a real weapon and the question is like, it, it's also what change, made me change evaluation of where like for a pitcher to work out of the pen. Like I thought he was that perfect pen arm. I talked about someone who could move quickly, not necessarily a perfect pen arm to clarify. I thought fastball change. He said, let him move quickly through the minors. What else is he gonna really improve? I think more and more you need a stronger fastball to start and that, uh, or I'm sorry, a stronger uh, fastball in the pen. Cause you rely on it so much. Whereas as a starter, he can mix a few other pitches. Everything's setting up the change and that you can sometimes get away with. You almost need your stuff to be stronger as a reliever. Like your stuff has to play up in the pen. There's a lot more starters who have weaker stuff than there are relievers. Uh, when you go through and you you dig in the numbers, yeah, a lot of relievers are failed starters, but they didn't fail because of their stuff. They failed because of injuries or control or command. It's not because their stuff wasn't good enough to start. So it's, it's another thing that's kind of changed again. I feel like if you're someone who does what I've been doing for the past few years and you're writing capsules and you're evaluating, like I feel very confident. Like I was talking to, again, my buddy, Taylor Blake Ward, and I'm like, I feel like if you match my board up against anyone else who's doing this as a one on one thing, I would grade out well. If someone wanted to go and do the history, I feel like I feel confident. But I think if you are not looking at your data every few years and seeing, OK, I'm missing on this consistently and trying to figure out what you're missing. Uh, you're just doing it wrong and you're not going to get any better. And much like baseball and advanced scouting and advanced numbers continue to evolve, you as an evaluator have to continue to evolve. Let's take another quick break here to talk about another set of answers for the show. And we will come back after that and talk a little bit about the matchup and the Blue Jays in general. I know we talked about them a little bit earlier in the week, but and by <laughs> earlier in the week, yesterday, But uh, we're going to dig a little bit more, but first let's talk about Wealthfront. So Wealthfront is a company that they handle money. Stocks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. If you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Investing can be complicated. Whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. They can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all investing based on performances you can control. And they can help lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 2.5 advisory, 2.5% advisory two point five advisory fee. And best of all, it's automatic. I always like to bring that up because... Since you are a listener of this show, if you go to Wealthfront.com today, uh, and I'll just point out, you know, they have over $20 billion in assets. That's very impressive. You're going to get your first $5,000 managed for free for life going to Wealthfront.com backslash MLB. All you need is $500 to get started. To get that first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com backslash LockedOnMLB. That's dot com slash locked on MLB. Start growing your savings. Go to wellfront.com backslash locked on MLB and get started today. Okay. Built bar. What more can I say? Uh, when I end this podcast, I am going to see if they have any of their orange bars left. It is a one day deal. Sorry, if you're catching this show and I just made you hungry and you're like, I want to try the orange bar. Uh, it was only for Thursday. 24 hour deal. So when the show ends, I'm going to go and see if I can use my credit. I've been saying, I've been holding on to my credit to try something in the past. I've really liked what they've done with orange. I'm going to hopefully be able to order a box of the orange and report back to everyone. There's so many great flavors. And like I said, when these flavors come back, you want to jump. If it is a flavor you like birthday cake is gone. that came back and it's gone. Strawberry came back. It was here in October, November came back in March, gone birthday cake. Like I mentioned, came back gone. Orange is a one day deal. You always want to check it out i'm on the mailing list so i can find this information because i love this company so much i shop at built bar because it is delicious and the app on my phone that helps me track my calories gives it an egg in terms of its grading and what how it is good for me so you want to go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on 15. that'll give you 15 percent off that's the same thing i get as a returning customer to built bar i love it it's been over a year i'm still ordering built bar i'm still using built bar Go there today. Do yourself a favor. Again, it's not just that they are an advertiser on this show; it is a product I use, a product I love, product I'm going to go buy the moment this show ends. Remember, it is builtbar.com using that promo code locked on fifteen. So Eli Morgan has you know he gets to make his major league debut, and that's great until you look at who he's facing. Uh, this Toronto Blue Jays team is a bear. Uh, we talked a little bit about what Vladimir Guerrero is doing on Thursday show. If you didn't catch it, uh, he is having a season for the ages already. Marcus Simeon is having a bounce back. We talked about you know he basically had one great year and then every other year was closer to average. He's having another great one uh, this year for Toronto. Bo Bichette is playing well. Teoscar Hernandez, Randall Gercek all those pieces and parts Springer is barely played. He's had all of 18 played appearances for them. They're big addition. Uh, they're just getting great production at the top of the lineup from those big name players. You know, they're missing out on a lot of guys. That's just the truth of the matter. Kevin Biggio hasn't played a ton. Uh, Lourdes Garial, who was one of those players that uh, most people thought the Indians would like if there was a trade between the Indians and the Blue Jays for Francisco Lindor, he has struggled a bit this year. I mean, and why has he struggled? Because he has a strikeout rate over twenty and a walk rate under two percent. Uh, that's one of the lowest walk walk rate walk percentages I have ever seen. In their catching position, Danny Jansen, they were hoping would step up. He hasn't managed to do that. And Al- Alejandro Kirk has been hurt. Rowdy Tellez has not quite kept it up. And you know, there are people who have never been. Huge fans of his. They will tell you that they kind of expected that regression. You can ignore, you know, ignore the noise. They have five or six great hitters on this team right now performing well. And that's going to be the struggle for anyone, including Eli Moore. The side of things is they haven't been good. And that's what the Indians have taken advantage of now. Alec Manea came up and pitched a beauty today uh, for them. Former first round pick. I I, I mock draft pick I got right to toot my own horn a while back. It's not hard with the Blue Jays. Just look at the bloodlines. His older brother, I believe, is in the Mets system. And he was the only player relative to that position who had those bloodlines. Yeah, before that, Jordan Groshans, whose brother, Jax, was a catcher at Kansas. I want to say not Kansas State. I want to say he was at Kansas who we knew the next year would be a day two pick. Uh, Joe Mack is who I'm projecting to them now because, hey, older brother plays baseball. It's all about finding those projections, finding those bloodlines uh, more than any other team. The Blue Jays are all about guys who have been in and around the game, drafted um, Jeff Conine's son uh, before he got traded away. This Year's deadline. Uh, I mean, look, they got Vlad. They got Kevin Biggio. They got Bo Bichette, Bichette. Those guys have played well for them in recent years. It's easy to see why it is that they have gone uh, to that well time and time again. Pitching wise, Mats and Rayo have been great. Chatwood and Romano have been really solid out of the pen, and that's all they got. Uh, it has been pretty ugly in terms of who else is out there, who else is getting innings, who's performing. Robbie Ray has been a little up and down. He's been closer to like league average. Uh, you know, his FIP though, he's one of those guys right now where his xFIP FIP is great, but his FIP is really high because his home run rate. And that has always been my issue. I don't think home run rates normalize quite as much as they want to show there uh, with the inclusion of XFIP. I've talked about that a lot of times on the show. Guys like Anthony Kay have been up and down, Nate Pearson. They're still trying to figure out, who's going to work for this team now in terms of who the Indians are going to face this weekend, you know, there are some unknowns, but I believe they get Ross Stripling who has not been effective for Toronto this year. So that is a good news in terms of that Saturday a matchup of, of Henches versus Stripling. The downside is Morgan gets Rio and Savali gets mats. So you are facing Toronto is a 500 team because they have two reliable starters. The Indians are are unfortunately facing both of those reliable starters in this game. It's probably going to be a rough weekend series. I think if I was a gambling person, I would bet on them losing this series just because Toronto's offense is good. The Indians are struggling a little bit. They're facing the good parts of the Toronto rotation, which is unfortunate for them. Uh, So it could set them up. Currently, they are a game back of the White Sox. They could fall a little further back with a big four game series up, uh, doubleheader Monday then Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, there is an outside chance if things go well this weekend and things go well next week, the Indians could be in first place. And I know we are nearing the end of the podcast here, but let's just take a moment and think how crazy it is. The youngest team in baseball is the Cleveland Indians. Second lowest payroll is the Cleveland Indians. They're a game out of first place behind a team that some consider the best in the American league, with a chance to take over the lead in the division, even though they've had one bat who is uh, performing even league average right now, who is healthy uh, and they've had multiple problems with their starting rotation. uh, It's kind of, it's not kind of, it's a huge credit to the front office that they are where they are. They shouldn't be there. They shouldn't be uh, able to stick around, but front office put together that pen and that pen is one of the driving forces Uh, we'll see what they can do. Hopefully a lot of these players will the mailers and Hernandez's and Ahmed, you know, Ahmed Rosario will get healthy and we'll start to see those guys, you know, get closer to average Fran mill. will come back early from his injury, maybe. And we'll continue to see like Owen Miller has struggled a little bit in the call-up. It's early on, but hopefully he'll continue. He'll start to perform. We'll see some of these other young prospects who are right on the cusp, come up. And for as much as people want to say, this is like a transition or a rebuild year. Again, it's almost June. We're at Memorial Day weekend. Reminds me, no show Monday because holiday. I'm just going to let people know now. Uh, This is a team that is a game out of first. It is almost June. They shouldn't be there. There's many reasons why they should be fourth in this division. They're currently sitting second. So take a second, appreciate and enjoy Cleveland Indians, really kind of a surprise when you consider everything. I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been Locked on News Podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. That all helps us so much. Hopefully they'll figure out what's going on with iTunes and podcasts soon. It's It's been a disaster for everyone. So use the Odyssey app uh, or another one. I use, I can't remember what I use right now, but uh, you know, go use another source if you need me. But again, I've been Jeff Ellis. You can find me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. You never know what you'll find. Uh, occasionally I just shoot out an entire 29-pick mock draft via Twitter during my lunch break. Uh, Because I'm talking to some buddies and getting data together. Uh, So, yeah.